Today we're going to talk about what does it not only mean to have a thankful heart, but what are some of the things, actually one thing mainly, that stops us from expressing that heart. It stops us from expressing that heart. Okay? So the first thing I want to ask is this, you know, as as Trish came up, I know you probably, she wasn't mic'd, I hope you heard this little dialogue, which was, you know, hold on a minute, I need a hammer, they say a storm is coming. And I say, okay, well, I have a hammer. And she goes, well, with all expectation, well, come on and follow me then, let's fix this door. And then my statement was, well, the only thing is I don't, I don't know how to use it. And today we're going to talk about something Now, take a deep breath, for I do not know your devotional life. I do not know your personal life with God or Christ. But I do know what the Bible says about our sin nature, and I do know what the Bible says about how we fade away from his word. So based on that, and really based entirely on the word of God, I share this morning this. We might have the word of God, but it doesn't mean we know how to use it. And when the storms of life come and when those times of thanksgiving should be, instead we have sadness and regret. Not all the time. So I'm wondering, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to watch your eyes a little bit here. Who has noticed that I still have my tag on my pants? Yeah, I noticed you right in the, (laughs) that was so awesome. Did you turn and tell her? Did did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I had, <laughs> I purposely, if you will, you know, you know me, I purposely left. These are brand new pants. I can't believe all the way from California, Black Friday special, $7. You can't even ship them for $7. I should have bought more. I thought it was a joke or they'd show up, you know, not fitting or something like that. But anyway, so here's the, here's the little sticker still on it, right? And I wanted to see who would notice this morning. And uh, one by one, four people came up to me and said, um, hey, hey, you got a sticker? You left your sticker on your pants. I said, oh, that's nice. No, no, you don't understand. You left the sticker. Too aggressively, I thought they were going to pounce on me. Go, no, and they dive down. Heather and Alex, they, they just dive for my pants. I go, no, no, leave it. It's an object lesson. <laughs> it's kind of like, who would have an object lesson like that? I don't know. But see, the point is, you know, those four, more saw it, but specifically four before the service started, saw it and said something. Sometimes it's it's awkward, is it not? It's awkward when you see something that maybe is not just quite right. Or or you see something like, you know, in your mind you go, I really don't want our pastor to be embarrassed. I probably should tell him he left the tag on his pants, but someone else will tell. You know, and, and, and I think, what, well, I don't think, I know if we're not careful, that's how we live our life all in Christ. It's kind of like when you have something to say that God's put on your heart or you see something and you, you just know that, that it's a word for a person, not because of you, but because of God's word speaks it, but, you, but you, don't, you don't say it. You don't share it. You don't testify to it. I know it's awkward telling someone, the sticker still on their pants. But I got to tell you one thing, for the most part, whether you believe it or not, people notice. 
And people notice who we are in Christ. And people know when we have a thankful heart or not. But you know what's crazy? As we play this out this morning, do you know what's crazy? I think sometimes we as people, even of God, we don't realize it when our heart's not thankful. Now, you might think that's impossible. You might, I'm telling you, we're going to play this out this morning. Because a lot of times, if we're not careful, that's what happens. Before you knew it, know it, we lose our thankful heart. Or before you know it, we come to a realization that we might not have had that thankful heart in the first place. And I, I know I, it, it's something we, we're going to look at this morning as we continue in the power of Thanksgiving. So we are, we've been talking about God's sightings for almost a year in one way or another. And more and more, uh, I'm encouraged because I hear more and more people telling me, putting me aside, taking me aside, saying, I, I, I saw God working in my life this week. And, and, and you know what? Some of it, I want to be careful here, don't misunderstand. Some of it, maybe to them even, I don't, I'm not sure, they seem like really little things. And inside, man, I am smiling because it's the little things, that seed. I go back to that seed. That, that God places in your heart when you saw him working outside of even here, the four walls of this church, because that's where God has us to go. That's where he has us to go. We come here to be equipped and built up, and we leave this place full of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, full of a thankful heart, no matter what's going on in our family, in our life, and it overflows as we walk out that door. And, and automatically, I'm telling you, it, it's, it becomes a part of our life. All of a sudden we go, God's working there. And sometimes we go, but he's been working there forever. I just, I'm just now seeing it. God's sightings. So our theme, if you will, verse... I almost don't like to say it like that. I don't know how to communicate it. But our theme verse for our season and talking about a thankful heart is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you haven't, or if you don't have a memory verse you're memorizing this week, or if maybe you say um, that, I, you know, I, I struggle memorizing Scripture, etc. Here's one. Memorize this one. Serious. Memorize this. Write it down. Put it on your heart. As we dwell on the Word of God and the Spirit of God interacts with that Word within us, His Word says He does and will go before us. We, we were to hide his word on our heart, give thanks, memorize this. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. So a real, real brief um, review is, is this. We first, when we talked about a thankful heart, we, we were making it very clear. I believe the Bible is making it very clear that he's talking about a heart that's eternal, not external. A thankful heart is eternal. It's for eternity. And it is internal, but, but, but for a lack of another better way to say it, we can't make it all about eternalizing it lest we make it about us. 
So for the sake of, of our talk and as we look at Scripture, we look at it, what, what is a real thankful heart, we need to really realize that it's eternal. It's God-given and only God-given. I can make my, myself happy for a moment. I was really happy when I had that uh, piece of cake this morning. That was really good. I thought it was peanut butter, but it was caramel, but that's okay. It still was really good. We can make ourselves happy for a moment, and we can be thankful for things, which is good. Don't, don't misunderstand that. <laughs> but it's eternal, God-given. And so then the first week we talked about the attributes of God, that God's attributes are, are all around us, his creation. We're created in his image. And if we really stop and think about that, there's two things that, that naturally happen. We might not let them if we're in the flesh, meaning not thinking of the things of God. But two things naturally happen. We see the attributes of God through his creation clearly if we would just stop. Right? Do we not? And then a fear of the Lord. And you might think, well, how does that happen by looking at his creation? Because if we stop long enough and we look and we see God's glory in creation, all of a sudden we realize who we really are. We're created in his image. We're created in his image that we might have a thankful heart. And then we looked at Psalm 100. I just love that psalm. And the psalmist says, if we know God and we have a thankful heart, we will express it. That we'll enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. We'll enter into this morning literally with thanksgiving and praise. Now, now listen, we, we can come in and, and for lack of a better way to say it, you know, before you know it, we are entering into that, praise God. You know what I mean? We get here, we're meeting people, um, we just, the Spirit of God is here, we're, we're singing worship, and, and, and before you know it, we're entering into a, a, a place of thanksgiving and praise. Um, but, you know, the psalmist is saying, as we come in, not, not just when we get here, as we come in, our, the thanksgiving and praise is as we're entering into his courts. And so we prepare our hearts for a moment like this, a time together, a time of worship, a time to be in his word. And then we looked at how does all of this even take place, and it, it takes place and begins with salvation, a thankful heart is not a thankful heart given by God per se, as we're looking at a God-given thankful heart outside of salvation. And then last week I hit upon, well, what is one thing that will try to take or steal the, thank, the thankful heart that we have that God has put within us? And that one thing is a religious spirit. A religious spirit is very prevalent in our world today. I mean, we all know that. I don't know that we think about it. I don't know that we pray about it. Um, and quite frankly, I don't, I don't talk about it, that we would put that, a religious spirit before God, that we would start dwelling on things that are in the spiritual realm that are against us and God. But the point is, we still need to be equipped in this area. We need to be equipped. We need to understand that there is a war that goes on outside of our flesh. And a matter of fact, here's how you can know. Because everyone, if you're, if you're following me so far, you're going to understand this. Every one of us know as we try to, as we had moments that we tried to grow closer to God or we're trying to do a Bible study or we're trying to pray and the next thing you know, the phone rings. We fade off to sleep or, you know what I'm saying? And some of it can be coincidental, but, but you ever have a moment of time you're really trying to seek out God and just like, it seems like all oh, hell breaks loose. 
You know, and you go, what is that? What's going on? Oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll pray another time. It's interesting. So then we looked at this scripture, which is going to bring us into today, and that's what this, the scripture in John 17, 3 says this, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, God, that they may know you. And how do we come to know God? How do we come to know the only true God through Jesus Christ? See, now we're to a moment and we're, we're going to enter into a time where there's this big tag on my pants. There's this big tag that, that the spirit of religion has put on the world. And, and most people, if not all believers, know the tag is there, but, but it's just so hard. How do you approach it? How do you tell someone, you got, you, got this, you got this spirit of religion that's affecting you. You, 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 you love God, you say you love God, you know God, and yet some, because of this spirit of religion, some say they know God, which is true because by his very attributes we know God. Some say they know God, which is true because we are created in his image with a God conscience. But many are duped by the spirit of religion that say you know God outside of a relationship. Of Jesus Christ. Go up to someone in a Walmart and tell them that. But God empowers us and speaks into our hearts. And he tells us to not be afraid. For he goes with us. And if we see a place in someone's life. Listen. Listen where a spirit of religion is telling them something that's opposing the word of God, that we can go up to them and love and just go, look, would you consider this? Now, not because I'm saying it, but consider what the word is saying. See, in that old spirit of religion, you know what it wants to do? Ha, see, you can't even do that. You, Pastor Tony's saying, you need to do that. And you're saying, well, but I can't do that because I don't know the word of God that well. And what if they ask me a question? What if, and the spirit of fear that feeds off the spirit of religion tries to start coming in. Listen to what John said, or John, listen, yeah, listen to what John said in um, John 17. And he, he brings out some, some main points, several really, but we're only going to look at the four, which we looked at last week in brevity, and where Jesus said, I have manifested, he said, I have prayed, I have spoken, or I speak, and I desire. And when Jesus was speaking, he was in the garden, he's praying to the Father, one of the few places in Scripture where we have a, a prayer such as this, of any length or any content, to the Father, but how powerful it is. And, and we talked about last week where he said, I have manifested your attributes, God. I have given it to them. How did he give us God's attributes? How did he, Jesus, glorify God to his disciples, to us? How did he do that? The Bible says that the word became flesh. He did it through himself. There is no other way. 
He did it through himself. He said, I pray for those who believe that they might be one of us. And then he continues to say, as I pray for those that believe, I pray for them because they're in the world. And in the world, we get deceived. Our flesh that wants good, good stuff, that's selfish and wants to feel good. And then we have that spirit of religion that kind of, it looks for those weak areas, not kind of, it does, it looks for those weak areas in our life. And the next thing you know, we're, it's, it's okay um, to be in the flesh. I'm not saying we're, we're, we're perfected, but, uh, but we make it okay to be in the flesh. And so Jesus said, I pray for them because you know what? God, I'm coming up <laughs> to be with you. And I'm, I'm, I know where I'm leaving my, your people. I'm, I'm leaving them in this world, and this world's going to do everything it can to convince them that they didn't need me, that somehow they just, they just can connect with you without me. Let it not be so. And he says, to, he continues to pray, he says, and I speak of your love. Now watch this. You know, I'm not speaking chapter and verse right now. We've already talked about this. Go back to John 17 yourself and, and read this out. You on the web, go back to John 17, read it out. But he says, I speak of your love that my joy. You see what's happening? He keeps pointing back to himself. The spirit of religion, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, even in a, a born-again believer, someone that, that, that has put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, someone who has come to a place where they have repented, not being just sorry because they got caught, but because the Spirit of God and the Word of God said, you are a sinner separated from a holy God. And that holy God that loves you desires for you to be reconciled to Him. I have come. Only me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No spirit of religion can change that. We can't change it. They can't. Not that we want to, but I'm telling you, we get, we get kind of duped here. And, and, and before you know it, we, we even, again, born-again believers, try, we do. I'm going to give you some examples. We try to change it if we're not careful. We try to change it. And worse, if, if it could be worse, is the spirit of religion. Deceives people into believing they're saved when they're not. Oh, my How do, you, how do you tell someone that? You, uh, the, I mean, if I, if I gave you a mandate, for lack of a better way to say, to go share this with your friends and family today, most would probably say, I'm not cutting you short at all, but hear me out. Most would probably say, give me the sticker on the jeans. I'll go tell them about the price tag on their jeans, Pastor Tony. Are you crazy? Right? You know what I mean. Listen to what. 2 Corinthians 4, um, let me go to, now I'm going to go to verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden, th- the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftedness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of a God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Watch this, watch this. Whose minds the God, little g g God, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, 
who is the image of God, should shine on them. Who thinks you just heard what I said? I'm not trying to point in a spot. I'm just testing the spirit. Who thinks you understand what I just said? Raise your hand if you think you understand. Okay, so let me just reiterate a little bit, a little bit here. This is key to how we, we push out the rest of our time together. I'm going to start it. I'm going to go to 4.1 so that it's in context for you. He says, therefore, therefore, since we have this ministry, we have, now I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm just trying to communicate so we understand. I put it into tangible things to understand. We have this ministry of going around and seeing if people have a tag on their pants. Or we have a ministry. You know what? We all, we all have ministries in a sense. Now, I know that seems a little silly, uh, but I'm talking about in our mind, we all have these little things that we do. And some, some are good and glorifying the God. Some maybe not. I don't, I don't know. But, but he's talking about a ministry. A ministry that God has given a believer. You and I, if we're a believer, this is the ministry. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying, therefore, since we have this ministry... Okay? Okay, here we go. As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. I have received God's mercy, have you? His grace. How? Through his son. This is where it gets hard to grab. You might think, well, no, that's not hard to grab. I'm telling you, the spirit of religion, it is too. Think about how this world thinks about God and thinks, I'm telling you, this is not as easy. I mean, there's, there would be only a few, I would, I would say, in this room that really can fully grab this right now. But because the Spirit of God is the one that gives the revelation of His Word, we can fully understand it if you'll open our, your heart. And those listening to me on the web, open your heart to this Word. Do not allow a religion, a spirit, to take you down the wrong road anymore. So listen to what he says. He says, but it says, ah, I got to start over. <laughs> I'm going to read it through. Here we go. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in the craftiness or the handling of the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, but by Jesus in us. Okay. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. It's possible for the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be veiled before people? That even if people are told, even if the, the word of God is spoken... Is it possible that through the world and a spirit of religion, is it possible that the gospel is veiled to people? Just, just face value, so far, it's what the word's saying. And it says this, whose minds, how is it veiled? Here's how. Whose minds, the God of this age has blinded the little g God, the devil, the principalities. That's why there's a veil. That's why some can know God or say they know God. And the Bible says even the devil knows God or believes in God. So you can know God. You can believe in God. There is no doubt. There's no such thing as an atheist. Everyone that's born knows God. 
I'm not going to say they believe in their heart Christ, but everyone that's born knows God. How? Because we're created in his image. How is everyone that's born knows God? Because the Bible is clear. His very creation reveals his attributes. There's no such thing as an atheist, period. It, It just don't exist. But is it possible to know God but not know him? Not not really know the one true God, as Scripture tells us. Yes. And we can think that we do. We can think we do simply by knowing there's a God, by knowing the God of creation, by by growing up in church, by by people, by our parents telling us that God's real, by and you know, and it, it, we we can know God without knowing the one true God. He said, "Whose minds the God of this age has blinded." Who do not believe, lest the light, watch, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel. Why do you think, why do you think every Sunday I get up here and spend so much time on the gospel? Why do I week after week, but I've heard this, Pastor Tony. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, that, that you're going, oh my gosh, you know, I've heard the gospel well, it's uh, 52 weeks, and we're going up. We've got one more week, 52 times at least this last year. Because I know how prevalent it is that this spirit of religion has faked us out. And at the very best, if it's not put a veil on, on, on even us at Four Corners Baptist Church, those listening on the web, if, if the little G God, the spirit of religion, at the very least, even if it hasn't veiled us against the gospel, meaning we, again, we have repented and we have put our trust in Christ and we believe, it still, if we're not careful, can be a veil before our eyes and saying we're limited. That we can't share, we can't tell someone they have a piece of tag on their pant. We can't go up to someone that says they're a believer and we got to go. It's like, I mean, I'm telling you, you should have saw Alex and Heather, they just could not believe. They thought I was not understanding. I had a tag in my pants. Heather wanted to tackle me. I'm telling her, get no tag. You don't understand. And she started to rip it off. I had to slap her hand. I said, no, it's an object lesson. Leave me alone. <laughs> she go. Let's look, look at what the word has to say, what we're talking about this morning. Turn with me to Hebrews 1.3. You don't need to turn to every scripture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go kind of fast here in a moment, or faster. Hebrews 1.3 says this. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in the past, to the fathers by the prophets. That's the Old Testament. And through prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. It's only through his son. It's only through his son. We cannot know the one and true God outside of his son. I mean, I know we want to do what we can. Our flesh wants us to believe 
that we can, that we can believe there's a Jesus, but we we really don't have to have a personal relationship with him. And the spirit of religion that so infiltrates and tries to put a veil over our eyes and our world. And again, you want proof, just look at the world and what, what the world believes about God. Most don't even believe in creator God. And he says, verse 2, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, he, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, God's glory, being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person. So God so loved the world, he sent Christ on this earth to express the image of himself. Who? Of God. Why? Because Jesus is the only way. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, that's Jesus, purged us of sin. And, and I understand how this can be really hard to grab. I mean, man, don't misunderstand me. That's why it takes the revelation of the Spirit of God to speak in the Word of God to our hearts. I mean, because we're being told things in Scripture here that, you know, okay, but okay, Pastor Tony, I mean, I, I know Jesus. I, I know He's God's Son. I mean, I know in just a little while we're going to celebrate His birth, and it's, we call that Christmas time. And and, you know, I know that. You know, I celebrate his birth. I'm going to be here on Christmas Eve service uh, and, and the candlelight service. I just love it. We come together. We, we sing Christmas songs. And, and, I, but, and I know these things. And, and, and the thing that, that God really wants us to know is, you know, you, you really need to know that you have, this, you have this tag on your heart. And it's separating you from him. And I'm going to do what it takes, God says, so you'll know it. You don't know the true God outside of having a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, 1 says this, For I want you to know what a great conflict. See how this is playing out. I mean, God knows this is a conflict. Paul knows this is a conflict. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, be knitted together in love, and attaining to all richness of the glory, of the full assurance of the understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God. Let me read that again, verse 2. That their hearts may be encouraged, be knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the fullness or the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible keeps going back. Where is all wisdom? Where is all knowledge? They're in Christ. They're only in Christ. They're through Christ. It is God's only way to know the real him. Ephesians 6, 24 says, Grace will be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Galatians 2, 28 says, or 20 says, 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for it, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And, and the bottom line is, we need to really, we really just need to understand that God's love is through His Son. And I know I keep saying this over and over again, but just, just take a thought moment. Think about how that spirit of religion wants you to believe and tries to get us to believe that we can live in this world knowing God, believing in God, being saved, but still allowing that little G God to give us our doctrine and our beliefs and instill fear and confusion. That's what the little G God does. The biblical term is he puts a veil between you and the real God. How do you win this battle? Well, first of all, come to a realization that if, if you say you know God and you love God, then I don't doubt your sincerity. Hear, hear this. I don't doubt your sincerity because can you love God without knowing Jesus? Now watch. Don't, don't get confused. You got to hear this. You got to hear this. You got to hear this. Can you love God without knowing Jesus? Here's the answer. I'm pausing for effect because a lot of you are going, yes, no, because we need to think about this. The answer is yes. Well, that seems to contradict everything that I just heard for the last 45 minutes. Listen to me. Can you love God without knowing Jesus? The answer is yes, but it depends on how you're defining love. It depends on how you're defining love. Created in his image and living in this world, knowing the attributes through his creation, we have a God conscience. It's very easily for this spirit of religion to convince us that we can be saved simply by loving God, quote, unquote. You understand? Does that, does, that's how the spirit religion just can convince us. Well, you know, Jesus is a part of the package. Go to church and you can, yeah, he's part of the package. But no, loving God's enough. You love God, that's, that's good enough. You know about Jesus, that's good enough. No, the, the Bible says that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And there's people that have this veil throughout the entire world that believe they're saved and they're not. Now, I'm not judging that. I don't know that. I, I, I do know that. <laughs> Jesus said, he, he talked about how the path to, to heaven, to God, to eternity in heaven is, is narrow. And how the path is so broad to those that have been deceived, is so grand and great to hell. Why? Because the Spirit has so convinced us that we don't have to have a relationship with God. 
So many will perish. Many on that day, Jesus said, will say, Lord, Lord, have we not fed the poor? Have we not believed in, in you? And he said, get away with me. I've never, away from me, I've never known you. Oh my, those are hard words. For those who have been deceived by the spirit of religion to believe that our love, what we, how we love God is the only love we need to be saved. And it's, it's just not, it's not true. It's not the truth. So the people that love God, and I see again, I think earnestly for what they think the, that love is. Then you have the people that are born again believers. They have repented of their sin. They have put their trust in Jesus as their Savior, not by lip service, but by a revelation that only God can give. Tony, you're separated from me. From God's love. You want to know the one and only true God. My father Jesus says. Then my word says repent. That I put within you right now. An understanding. I put a measure of faith in you. That you would believe that you're hearing from me. And what are you hearing Tony? That you are a sinner separated from God for eternity. And that old spirit of religion wants to say. So what Tony? You know what? It don't, don't really matter. And God says, it's your choice, Tony. You choose. I gave you a free will to love me or not. And I remember the day very well that I didn't let those thoughts, those words, those impressions affect me whatsoever. For I knew and I knelt my heart before God and I said, please take the sticker off me that separates me from you. And he did. And then there's the third person. The persons that saved and, and has allowed this same spirit of religion to dupe us out. To say God's not greater in you than in the world. I'm greater than God. You're afraid to manifest my name. You're afraid to share who I am. You know, you guys, you know, we always have this picture, I think. Maybe this picture's even faded away in our world today. It's not as prevalent as it used to be that we have to grab this microphone, go on the corner somewhere, and just we need to preach the gospel. Or we need to come up and confront people. See, this spirit of, of, of the little G God spirit has put this veil in front of us, making us believe that we need to do things that are legalistic and by the law. That we need to do things a certain way. That we, if we don't do them this way, it's not the right way. And what, what that spirit of religion has done is put a veil even in front of believers. That the next thing you know, you're living by the law trying to prove to God you love him. And the next thing you know, to those that are around us, we're not a witness. We don't give a testimony. Instead, you know what we give them? We give them our flesh. We don't point them to a God of grace. We point them to this God that has to control them and has to micromanage them. And has, you have to worship a certain way and do a certain thing. And you have to... That, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that all of us do it or, or, you know, that it happens every time. But I'm telling you, the spirit of religion has affected four corners. You know how I know that? Because I'm here. I'm with you guys. I'll walk with you guys. But you know what? That spirit of religion has affected every single church that's on this earth. <laughs> and who is going to be, I, I, who is going to be man enough to, to stand up and, and, and say, I need to tell you the truth. I need to point out on our, on our spiritual walk, this, this sticker on the web. 
Who's going to be man enough or woman enough to do that? And again, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a war for we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers and darkness and kingdoms of this age. The war is not about the flesh. So do not hear me saying, I stand before you a man. Well, I, well, I am. But that I'm the one that's man enough, that somehow I, I'm it. Hey, look at, look at Pastor Tony. Look, see, I, I, I said all this this morning. I'm man enough. Well, I tell you, enough's enough. I'm man enough. You know what? I, I'm not man enough. The God in me is the man. The God in me is the, the, the person that goes before me. Stop being duped. Stop believing a lie. Stop believing if you're a born-again believer that you can't speak and, and you allow these spirits to come in and literally uh, uh, speak into your flesh. It's just not true. And this is going to play out as we are equipped We need to do it for the sake of Christ, for the love of God, and for the love of one another. I love my family. I want, I want my family to know the best I can. I'm a man of God that's going to follow after the one and true God through my relationship with Jesus Christ. I want my grandchildren, Duncan and Gage, to know their papa is a man of God. I'm not an idiot. I'm not a fool. I don't go, you know, around screaming and hollering and, and pointing things out. I just, I just want to say, but, but let, me, let me show you that as I walk with Christ, what it, God looks like. His love, his generosity, his grace. This morning, I don't know where you're at. I'm, I, but if you're, if you're here and you've allowed this veil to convince you that simply knowing God you're saved, then I can't save you, but I pray that the Word of God is speaking to your heart. If you've allowed this Spirit to dupe you, to believe that you can know the true God, the one and only God, without a relationship with Christ, today's the day of your salvation. Today's the day. As the Bible says to repent and believe. Don't let the Spirit put a pride in you. Don't let the flesh rise up. Don't go, well, I'm confused. Of course, you know, there's going to be, be confusion confronting the Spirit of God. The Bible, the Word doesn't give a spirit of confusion, but your flesh wants to fight the truth. And, and, and for those people, you grew up your whole life knowing it a certain way, and you go, ah, what are you telling me? But this is what I know. As long as I love God, I'm good. Jesus is automatic. Repent. Be sorrowful for your sins that separate you from holy God and believe that Jesus Christ came on this earth to show you the one and true God. This morning, repent. God, I'm sorry. I hear the truth. Your Spirit's revealing the truth to me. I repent. For the love that I thought I had for God, I did. But even greater now that I know that I can know you personally through your son. I believe. I put my trust in Jesus. And if you're a believer in this room, and you've been believing a lie, and you've been holding back your witness, I don't know how true this is, but st statistically it says 
like 95% of all born-again believers don't share their faith, have never shared their faith with one person. That doesn't line up with Scripture. I'm serious. If you're a born-again believer and you've never shared your faith, I'm not calling you down or calling you out. It's not my part. But I am saying you've been duped by the spirit I'm talking about. You've been duped. Allow God to speak and his word to speak and just live your life through him. Amen? Father, we thank you for this day, this morning. You've given us your word. We're claiming your goodness and grace. We know that only you can convict. And Father, to me, this does seem really like hard. There's a part of me that that wants to boldly speak and, and to speak your truth, and especially because of your love. And there's a part of me that says, oh boy, what if, I offend somebody. What if they don't receive what you're saying, God? What? And a still small voice, I'm telling you, I know it well, keeps coming back to me and saying, Well, I'm the only hope you have. Why would you not share the only hope you have? The love that you know. Okay, body. It's okay, people of God. Don't miss out on eternity that's here now. For we live a life on earth in the flesh, still here. And Paul says, but I live it by faith. I will trust God. I will fail. And God will forgive as I repent and believe, as I, as I confess my sin to him. But God, make us a people of a strong heart, ones of courage and strength, ones that look to see where you're working all around us every day, waiting for us to just give a word of testimony or thanksgiving to you, a seed that we can plant that you've given us that will grow, that will grow into a mountain to your glory, to your goodness, to your grace that will strengthen us and build our faith and we become stronger and stronger and stronger in you. May it be so that our family comes to know you as we're an ambassador and we share the gospel. May it be so that our grandchildren come to know you because others in our body and your body throughout the entire world have placed a seed, have said a word, has shared the gospel. For this is the plan you put before us. There is no other plan. Prepare our hearts. Our Christmas day, it's okay. We don't know the day you were exactly born. But our Christmas day in this season of time, I know this, hearts are softer now than at any other time. May we show a heart of thanksgiving to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.